Well, welcome to the All-American Maker Podcast. My name is Brendan Hobble, and I'm here with Rob from Buffalo Made Co. and Stronghold Studio here in Buffalo, New York. So, Rob, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us how you got into design and what inspired you to start a apparel and products company. Um, so, I mean, I've always been an artist, like since like I was two years old. My mom has this picture of me like doodling with yeah. like and holding the pencil correctly, which they didn't even have to teach me how to do. So I'm lucky in that I always knew it was going to be something related to art. At one point, it was a cartoonist. At one point, it was like uh, like after Lord of the Rings came out, I really wanted to design characters like all those like wild creatures and oh yeah sculpt them and I almost did that until I took a design class in high school and uh the teacher in high school saw me doing something and she's like you're gonna be a designer and I'm like I didn't even really know anything about it like what's design right I was like (laughs) all right if you say so and then with each project you know we did like a fake packaging thing a fake logo thing and and I, she was right. Like I was hooked pretty quickly, and that's when I switched my major and started applying to uh, design schools. And that's awesome. Yeah. So. So how old would you say you were when that kind of shifted? That was probably my junior year of high school. Okay. That's, so that's good. Like. Yeah. I definitely didn't know what the heck I wanted to do when I was that old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I applied to a few design schools. Um, I really wanted to go to SCAD down in Savannah, Savannah Mm -hmm. uh, College of Art and Design. And I got in and they offered me a scholarship, but it was too expensive. I was just like, I'm not going to rack up all that debt. So I went with Fredonia and Mm -hmm. uh, Fredonia was known to have a good design program. And I like couldn't be happier with my experience there. And, you know, the whether it's the people that I met in class or the professors and like the style that they taught in. Um, well, obviously it was, they did a pretty good job cause I'm still doing it today yeah. <laughs> and, um, I still like try and think back to the things that they taught me. Um, mm-hmm. so. so like what made you decide to start your own company versus say working for a design company? Like you must've started working for someone at some point. Yeah. Right after school, I, um, I actually got a job offer in San Diego at like a big agency. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that was like my first sort of taste of the advertising world, which is a little different than like pure design. There's a little more to it. Um, it was still really cool and I learned a lot, but I kind of over the four years that I was in San Diego went between like, I've actually always done this. I go full-time freelance, full-time freelance, full mm-hmm. and I just go back and forth. And most recently, uh, I was with a remote agency, um, that specifically built like Shopify e-commerce websites That's huge right now. (laughs) Yeah. So um, when that ended, I assumed, okay, it's just time to freelance again for a little while. Mm -hmm. But then I just stayed busy. Like, you know, not just like making enough to get by, but like actually like being busy enough to compete with a salaried job, which was the first time that happened. Yeah. So I was like, well, there's no point in going, if if this is happening, there's no point in going back to an agency um, but that's more the, the client side of things as far as, you know, the, the product side of things, it really just, it kind of actually began when I was in San Diego because I was always defending Buffalo because you have all these people. It's funny in San Diego, it's, it's a lot of transplants from all over the mm-hmm. place, you know, Philly, Boston, Chicago, all these like East coast, colder places. They're the best place to go is San Diego. Sure. And, uh, and so I was, I wore more like 
Bills hats and Sabres hats and like stuff like that than I ever did when I lived here. Mm-hmm. Um, and more nostalgia probably. Yeah. And just to like, yeah. kind of like represent like, and like, I don't know. It was weird. I don't even remember like how it started or why, but, uh, and then one of the, like every time I would come home to visit, I would, I would like sort of drive around the city a little bit more. Um, because growing up, like, you know, living in the suburbs, you mostly only went to like a Sabres game here and there. And then even when I was in college, really the only experience I had in the city was, was like visiting home for breaks and like going out with friends. Sure. But when I was in San Diego is when I like actually fell in love with Buffalo and started like looking up its history and like learning all these cool things about the old industries. And that's what led to my first design, which was the Bethlehem steel mm-hmm. logo hack. I was like, I did that out there. Um, and I also did some like bill shirts and stuff, but, um, so for a lot of years it was just, just making like a few things here and there, you know, like I think my first like big cartel website, there was six things on it. Um, I think I know a couple of people that still use that. <laughs> <laughs> it's still actually up. The free version of it's still up there. Oh, I figured really? I'll just leave it in case <laughs> someone finds something. It's probably all sold out by now. But yeah. Um, so that's really what it is for me. It's just like telling stories about Buffalo in sort of different and interesting ways. And then also a lot of my inspiration now is since I pay attention to the design community as a whole right. in other markets there's no reason that Buffalo can't have its own like cool brand. San Francisco and Chicago and Austin, all these like big hip cities, um, all have these cool brands and like, yeah, it started with New York and LA and it's just kind of cascaded. Yeah. And that's, that's my goal with everything is just be like, well, I know I can sort of design just as good as those guys and Mm -hmm. Buffalo and the people here deserve their own local, brand in that same avenue yeah and i mean like to anyone who's starting their own business with products like if you can kind of spearhead something where you're not only just making a brand but you're creating a brand that encapsulates like an entire people group right like two hundred and fifty thousand people live here right and they love buffalo so you know even if one percent of those people came and bought a shirt that's twenty five thousand people well and then the other aspect <laughs> uh, based on you know my, the online sales is there's another million that don't live here right so transplants people I, who came from here to somewhere else right i probably get more online orders out of buffalo than i do in buffalo now part of that is because they can come to the store or see me at mm-hmm. an event or go to one of the stores that carries my stuff but that's probably one of my favorite things is like an order being delivered to the Grand Canyon or like, which is like, was a thing. (laughs) And like, so that's kind of the most fun for me. And every time I see that, I just, again, think back to how I was in San Diego and wanting to like represent my city Mm -hmm. in a cool sort of, you know, uh, unique way. And I assume that's what they're doing too. So, yeah, definitely. And so how have you tied Stronghold Studio, your design firm, in with Buffalo Made Co. as a way to maybe re- represent your capabilities to other companies in this area? Because obviously you still have a design firm mm-hmm. that's designing for other people. Like, are you able to now, now that the store is open, really use it as a showcase for like, this is what I can do and you can come and see it for yourself? Yeah, that was definitely one of the main pieces of criteria in finding a space was 
so where I am now in the city, it's it's a little bit more of a business district, you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's apartments and cafes and stuff, but it's not a shopping district. Right. There's three other streets in the area that are considered like Buffalo's main shopping areas. Mm-hmm. And I could have gone there, but I wouldn't have been able to have what I have here, which is also having an office space. Right. And being near like businesses, like corporations and like, the, some of the breweries and distilleries and a lot of that stuff. If you're in some of those neighborhoods, as great as they are, it's just, you know, people walking by just, you know, right. just retail. Um, and so by being here, yeah, I figure it's kind of twofold. Someone might come into the store to look at a shirt or look at the products mm-hmm. and then realize that there's more to the space. And then we start to have a conversation and I tell them that I do work for, you know, other businesses and other brands and maybe they have one or they know someone who has one and that has already happened quite a few times where even if it's somebody that I know and they just didn't really know what I did and they're like oh my gosh like this is I didn't know this what you did I have this company or I like I had a guy who was one of the winners of the 43 North competition and he's a now he's a venture guy and like an advisor for all these startups and he's it's like it was like the exact scenario that I was hoping for is someone just comes in unexpected to mm-hmm. see me unexpected to see me and then it leads to this whole sort of uh, dialogue about the client side of things because at the end of the day the the client work is really it's what pays the bills that that's <laughs> the that's the reliable income and this the sales of the products for me for the longest time, it was just about breaking even. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely crossed that barrier. And that was another justification in finally getting a space. Um, but for me, it's just m- making the products is just me getting to be creative. It's just sort of my yeah. outlet. And then if people buy it, it's like a bonus. Well, it's kind of what a lot of artists are doing now. It's where like, okay, you've got a space and this represents you as an artist. And this is kind of like your merch. Yeah. Like, it's not going to pay for this space. Right. But if someone happens to come in either for this stuff or for your design services, you've got products that they can buy. Right. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, the same, you know, so the one scenario was someone comes in completely blind Mm -hmm. and maybe they come in because they see the store and then that leads to a conversation about Stronghold. The other hand is going after and and one thing i wanted to do is be able to bring in bigger clients Mm -hmm. um, and bigger companies with bigger budgets you know and working from home there's a ceiling to no matter what no matter how your skills lay out like you you can have the same skill set and work from home but if you take those same skills and then you put them in a space downtown you're immediately at a different level you're you're like you seem more legitimate to companies like that Right. And so they come in and we come to my conference table back here where I work and then they, they have to walk through the store and, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that there's a level of like impressiveness to that saying Definitely. like, Oh wow. I mean, not only does he have the space, but he has his own company of just like his own brand. So if he can do that for himself, what can he do for us? Yeah. I mean, it speaks for itself because there's so many designers out there that, they talk a big talk or they'll post a bunch of random stuff on Instagram, but to actually say, Oh yeah, I have my own company that I brand everything Mm -hmm. like that's huge because it's then like physical proof that you as a designer actually have quote unquote made it. Right. 
and like most people, like, I don't know what made it means, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like for most people, they're like, Oh, I'm going to hire this guy because I've seen his stuff around town. I've seen it online. I've seen it on Instagram. Like I talk to people all the time, even who aren't from here. And I'm like, have you ever heard of Buffalo made kill? And they're like, Oh yeah. And Sweet. so it's like brand recognition that is associated with you as a designer. Right. And that's one of the main like pieces of feedback that I kept getting over and over at events was, oh, where's, well, first people would say, where's your store? Mm-hmm. So they were seeing all my stuff and immediately thinking, well, he must have a store because like everything. Like you can't have a brand this good and not have a store. And how consistent it all is. And, mm-hmm. and that is one advantage that I know that I do have from a, a lot of other makers is, is I'm actually like a trained experienced designer who like who still works in the industry and i think a lot mm-hmm. of people are you know no matter what your craft is and it's it's not this is nothing against them but if you you know if you do something with crocheting let's say yeah that just because you could you could be the best crocheter in the world it doesn't mean you know how to design the packaging for whatever you make right and that's kind of my advantage is not only am i designing you know the graphics on the t-shirts or the labels on the soap or whatever but like I have that real world experience of, mm-hmm. of being a, a, an actual designer. And I think that that's like one advantage that I'm very grateful for. And that leads to the next segment, which is you designed everything, not only for this podcast, <laughs> but for the brand that I'm launching soon called made quality supply. And when I saw all of your stuff with Buffalo made co like I've used Photoshop before, but I'd never used Illustrator properly. Right. <laughs> and uh, I feel like most of my designs, like, you know, they sold the product, but right. they weren't, like, fantastic. And right. they weren't, like, eye-catching. And they definitely weren't cohesive. Like, <laughs> one design had nothing to do with the next. And so I was finally just like, I need help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, the new packaging is amazing. And, you know, just from my perspective, like, I can't wait to show people because I'm like, I got a legit dude who designs all this stuff. And I tell him about your design firm and Buffalo Made Co. And I feel like that's something that can just kind of cascade through all of your customers. It's like, yeah, like if they're really happy with your design work, it's also going to come back to like your products and your other company. Right. And that can only help you more in the future. Yeah. And so like uh, for All American Maker, the logo design, like, you know, we had one, you had one idea and then I was like, I'm looking for something more like, I don't know, organic or like natural looking. And I didn't even really give you any more input than that. (laughs) (laughs) And then you came back with this design that I was just like sold. (laughs) Like it's awesome. Um, and to have that eye for design is huge because like for me, I'm more on the fabrication side of things where like, yeah, I can, I figured out like formulations for creating special fragrances for candles and other products. But when it came to actually packaging those products, so they were sellable and eye catching and all of that and cohesive throughout the brand, I just didn't have what it took. Right. And, uh, (laughs) like, I feel like that's a huge step for makers everywhere. It's like, if you, you know, like most people just cheap out and they try to do it themselves when they start and that can actually really hurt 
the momentum for your company. Like for me, I feel like if I had started out the bat using your services, uh, people would have recognized made as what it's going to be already. Like I've been selling products for three years without this branding, but if I had already had three years under my belt using this mm-hmm. branding, then there would already be brand recognition there. It would already be out. And I feel like it would have grown substantially more than it already has. Yeah. And like, what would you say to makers that are like on the edge of like, Oh, like I can't afford that. Or I don't know if I can commit to that investment right now. Like, what would you say? So as a designer, one of the, hardest things for me is is seeing people that I guess don't understand the value of good design Mm -hmm. Um, and I get that it's expensive sometimes and I get that not everyone has you know 500 bucks for something like I've been there too yeah but I also believe in in hiring professionals no matter what so like me and you we have a pretty good agreement. You are like, you just said, you're good at fabricating things. So Mm -hmm. now you fabricate some of my products for me Mm -hmm. and in return, I design stuff for you. And that's probably the easiest thing I think people could do is, well, what does this person do? Yeah. And you know, if you're a designer approaching them, is there some kind of trade we can work out? Like Mm -hmm. just to get the ball rolling. Um, and you know, I have that agreement with a few people and like, it's a win win because sure. If it's something that, like, yeah, I could go home and make, can- I used to make my candles and now you make them. And I've already heard from people that the candles are better. Really? And that's because, yeah, <laughs> because, like, you know what you're doing. Like, sure. yeah, I can look up a YouTube video and I can make it myself and I mm-hmm. can spend three hours in my kitchen. Which is freaking ridiculous. <laughs> right, exactly. So that's another thing is, well, what is the time that it takes you to design your thing? And what's your, what's your own hourly rate? Right. Because for me, the design of a, let's say, a candle lid label. Mm-hmm. I can probably do that in 45 minutes Yeah, and it's going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Hopefully <laughs> it's going to be baller. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas someone who doesn't know what they're doing, they might sit there and tinker at it for seven hours. <laughs> that was right? me. <laughs> right. And then it's not going to be as good as the $45 thing. And so, every time I looked at my designs, I'd be like, Oh, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, they're okay, but they're just not what I envision. Right. And I think that's the hardest part right. for people who make products that aren't designers. It's just like, we've got this idea in our head of what we want it to look like, mm-hmm. but we don't know how to make it right. look like that. And I think what it comes down to is people should, as best they can, focus on that thing, the product that they make, mm-hmm. and then hire the people who know how to present that product. Or, I mean, like I said, it's vice versa. Or if, if you're a designer and you don't know how to make, like, leather products or you don't want to roast coffee beans or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Right. Um, it goes both ways. And, and I just think that the more you can sort of collaborate with people, and even if that involves some trade to, like, get the, the rate down, it's going to immediately set you apart. So even if you have to make a little bit of an investment with money, mm-hmm. like you just said, if you have those products and they're on your table or they're wherever at, at an event that you're doing, yeah. Well, so let's say there's a hundred people at this event and all those people make whatever they make. And then they also design their own packaging right. for it, <laughs> or their own logo. Even, even if they don't have any packaging, it's just the logo on the tablecloth. Well, it's mostly going to be a sea of that for, for visitors to that event. They're, it's going to kind of all look the same. If you look at a lot of, 
sort of the homemade mm -hmm. design, it's all pretty similar until they get to your table because you spent 500 bucks on a logo or one label mm -hmm. and they're going to think they're going to be immediately impressed with, they won't know why they're impressed really. They're just going to be like, Oh wow, this is made in Jamestown or this yeah. is made in Buffalo because what the, what's happening is they're seeing something that looks like it was made. And again, a big cool market. Well, it's going to look like a candle made in Austin, but it's made in Jamestown. Right. And then that gets them to open it and gets them to engage with the product. And if people go as far as to pick up a product that has a label on it and mm -hmm. actually like turn it and interact with it, I don't remember the number, but it, they're like three times more likely to actually, actually purchase it. Right. So, I mean, that's how any investment works, right? You, you put money in to hopefully get more money back sooner or faster you know what i mean right because i mean you can't like say it costs 500 dollars for a candle label you can't be like oh like i didn't make that 500 dollars back in the first year well hopefully you're going to sell that candle longer than a year right. and it's a lifelong investment into right. that product so as long as you sell that product you're going to be making a return on that right and it could even be just a logo i mean you don't even need mm -hmm. a full label you know you don't need the the label that's on the jar and like packaging for a box. It doesn't have to be anything, you know, over the top. If you, ha if you start with just a good logo, yeah. that can be enough sometimes to, to bring people in. And if you can get people to like rep something that just has a logo on it and it mm -hmm. doesn't really do anything else, you're, you're going to have people, you know, creating that brand recognition right out of the gate. I used to make fun of people who would walk around with jerseys and like all this branding for these big companies or like like uh, football teams and baseball teams. And they spent like $100 on this jersey that has, you know, Buffalo Bills plastered across the top. And I'm like, you do realize you paid $100 to advertise for them. Yeah. And uh, that's what it is. It's yeah. an advertisement. Yeah. And, and so like, you know, I, I wrap my own I wrap my own shirt, but like. I kind of get it as a brand. Like you want people to do that mm -hmm. yeah, and pay for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, whether it's a t-shirt, you know, that you're wearing or a candle on your shelf at home or in your mm -hmm. office or whatever. I mean, the more, the more people you can get to just look at your brand and remember it so that the next time they're at it, I'm like, Oh, I've heard of you. They might not remember why they've heard of you. Right. And it might not have been a conversation that they had with somebody. It could be that they saw your logo walking down the street mm -hmm. or, you know, at a friend's house or something like that. So that's why, I mean, obviously your product is, is probably important most important. And I think second is the design that sells that product. And that's really what it is. I think it's 50 50 because like, I mean, just the other day, uh, Becky from Becky and Chris posted a photo of your candle right? and I commented and I was like, that's a good looking candle. <laughs> <laughs> and she knows that I make them cause she's talking to me about making candles right. for them. And, and, uh, it's just like, you know, if you can get somebody to post about your candle, cause she was like, it's the best looking like, she loves the branding. I didn't even see that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was like 100% probably why she bought that candle, because it's a really good-looking candle. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the fact that it's a good quality candle. Right. Like, quality is great, but I feel like if it doesn't capture someone's attention, they're never going to buy it. Right, because they might pick it up because of the label once and buy it because of the label and then go home and be like, oh, this is a terrible candle, Yeah. and they're never going to buy it again. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I guess it is probably... 
whichever one comes first, the other one is just as important right. to come second. You kind of have to back up that pretty looking label with right. a quality product. Right. There's, I mean, I guess it can be same can be said about shirts. It's like you can buy, you know, the best quality shirt you can get for a reasonable price or you can cheap out and get like a Gildan and right. after three washes, right. <laughs> it's done. Your <laughs> sleeves are sticking out three yeah. inches past your arm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think branding is huge as a maker and as a creator, like uh, if you're creating a product and you want that product to sell, like obviously most makers don't make products just to, for the, the heck of it. Like, right. A lot of people, like I posted about the other day, like what drives you? And a lot of people said, like, I need to get ideas out of my head. But the other fact is a lot of makers do it because they love it and they want to be able to support the people they love. Mm -hmm. But you'll ne you're never going to get to that point where it's like your full-time gig if it's not sellable, if it's not eye-catching like, eye and appealing and the branding is not on point. Mm -hmm. And... I would definitely highly recommend to anybody that's serious about taking your product to the next level and selling it to hire somebody like yourself, yeah. wherever they are. If you know somebody or if you're in Buffalo, call Rob um, <laughs> and, uh, and get some design work done because I can guarantee it will make a world of difference. Yeah. I mean, um, it, I think another aspect that's almost as important as photography mm -hmm. or video work or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Cause sure i could go take pictures of my shirts on me or on a friend and i could just use my phone or like my mediocre camera yeah and i could take them and post them but they're not going to be nearly as good as working with an actual photographer sure so like i know that you shoot stuff for other brands mm -hmm. and once i started working with uh ryan from Seagaxium on my photos it was like it the was stuff's on point right it's <laughs> it again it's that oh, wow, this is in Buffalo? Or, like, it doesn't seem like a small local, you know, company ran by one guy. Right. It seems like something that you would, you know, see in a catalog while you were, you know, out in California or in Seattle or something. And that's, mm -hmm. that's like I said in the beginning, that's always been my goal is to, like, I think Buffalo gets such a, like, is given a hard time for being Buffalo. And I think it's sometimes it is funny and sometimes it is true, but yeah, but anything that I can do to, uh, sort of like curb some of that, that, uh, doubt or like hate is, is really like where I get a lot of my motivation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, you know, sometimes when I get, you know, followers on Instagram or something and I see where they're from, they have no connection to Buffalo. And they're probably not going to buy anything. I'm sure. But they think it looks cool. And they like, yeah. like the vibe. And they like, you know, the stuff that I'm doing. They might just like like design in general or the photography in general. And and even that, even though maybe it's not leading to sales or profits, like it's it's still, there's some value there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, when I bought my camera that I'm shooting this on right now, like, I don't think I've taken a single photo of any product I've ever made with my phone ever again. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. it's so drastically different to have like a legitimate camera, take a picture of your product versus your phone. And like, I know that, uh, Ryan, he does a really good job and 
it's awesome to see how like the cohesive like dark and moody look of all of the pictures right uh people love that and it's branding in conjunction with that look that really sells people on it because they're like oh i love that style so right. to speak and um like i definitely know that it catches my attention and even though i don't always have the time to shoot my own products like i've actually talked to ryan yeah. <laughs> ironically <laughs> I'm a photographer shooting for other people, but I need help shooting my own stuff sometimes right. just because I'm so busy. Right. And I've talked to him uh, uh, once about like doing a shoot and asking about his rates and they're super reasonable. Yeah. Um, and I think that comes around to like community and working together. If you're connected in a community of artists and people that are designers and photographers and videographers and all that, like don't try to do everything yourself. Exactly. Because work on your strengths, like if, if it's product development and like making and fabricating something, don't try to do all the design work and the photography and everything yourself. Like get your friends or people that you know that do it really well to do it for you, mm -hmm. even if it takes a little bit of an investment. Right. Because um, it'll definitely sell the product. Right. Um, yeah, never look at spending money on your business as, as a loss. I mean... It's an investment. It, it, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're just like wasting money on stupid stuff, then mm -hmm. sure. But I mean, at the end of the day, the the branding and the photography and the website, all that stuff. I mean, that's that's what sells whatever it is that you make. Yeah. So don't look at it as like an actual negative. Just look at it as oh, you're just putting the money over here for a little while, mm -hmm. so that hopefully you sell what you are passionate about and what you do make. Like I said, like quicker, more of and. Um, I mean, almost always that's, that's how it's going to go. Yeah. I mean, I deal with this all the time where people have a hard time spending money on photography and video because 90% of the time it's not a physical product that they get in return for money. Mm -hmm. It's something that it's the same is, with the logos a lot of times. So like, yeah, I mean, unless it shows up on a shirt, right. They're like, Oh, like $500 for what? And you're like, for my time, my experience, like for me, the 16 years it took me to get to the point where I am now in learning photography and video, like that experience alone is worth something. Right. And then my time currently and what I spend on your project is worth something. And then the equipment that I use, like right. your computer, it costs something like you're not, right. you're not designing it on an iPhone. Right. <laughs> and so like people don't understand that a lot of times, but I would definitely say to makers who aren't experienced in design or experienced in working with a designer that that investment is huge because uh, you'll get it back over time. And I, and I use that word over and over again. It's an investment mm -hmm. because it's kind of like investing in the stock market does the stock market actually exist? Like, <laughs> yes, but it's not a physical thing, right? but you get a return on right. it. And so you got to treat it the same way. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. So how do you decide how to make something or design it? Like how, what's that process look like? So most of my things are the result of objects that, that I like or that I want, like, Literally, sometimes, like for the little uh, canvas pouches, I oh, ne yeah. I needed a canvas pouch, mm -hmm. and so I was like, "Well, I could go buy one, or I could just have my own version of it and then sell it." Yeah. So, um, 
that is one of the things that often like leads me down a certain path. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, typically it does kind of circle back to like what's, what's happening in other markets and, and what are people like, you know, if, if in like a bigger city that has some, you know, hip design firm or design studio or something has these like cool products, it's just about making my own version of that. You know, it's not the exact same thing, but if I see a cool wallet, well, I want my own wallet. So how do I, how do I do that? Or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and then typically, you know, I just kind of, I keep everything pretty, I wouldn't say that, I mean, I definitely have a look as far as the design of everything goes. Mm -hmm. Um, but I try and keep it trying to think of the right word. Like it's a little bit more simple, um, so that it doesn't, you know, like it, it doesn't like target one group. Like it's a little bit broad. Um, it's definitely, you know, leans a little bit masculine, um, just because again, because oftentimes I'm designing something for myself and like I want a cool hoodie and might as well make a bunch of them. Right. (laughs) And, uh, you know, started when I started off though, it was, I, I have a pretty high, a pretty good idea these days of what is going to sell and what isn't. Mm -hmm. Um, but I still get it wrong. Sometimes I, I have a pile of shirts from last year that, I loved the design. It was like one of, it was probably my favorite thing I designed last, last year collection, whatever. And I have a few of every size left. People just didn't sure. like it. People didn't like the color. I loved the color. And, the, okay. you know, going back to like doing things with a story to them, I picked the color because it was the color of this old car in Buffalo mm-hmm. that won a race around the world. It was a cream colored car with, with red interior. So I got a cream colored shirt yeah. and did red uh, ink. And, People just didn't like it. Maybe they would have liked the reverse. <laughs> Probably. Or just, well, that's another thing is light colored shirts. For right. some reason, people are very scared to wear a light colored shirt. Which well, like, I don't <laughs> buy a single light colored yeah, anything because uh, growing up, our water had a lot of iron in it. And so anything that was light colored turned yellow or brown. Uh-huh. And it usually looked like a jaundice <laughs> yellow. <laughs> not, not a good one. No. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when I when I started though, like, you know, it was just, like I said, on my first website, I had like six things mm-hmm. you know, and you start small and you, you don't need to, don't feel like you need to hit those like super high quantities to save a dollar per item right away. Right. You know, do 20 of one thing and see mm-hmm. how it goes. And then if you, nobody buys a single one, then you give them to your friends and like, you're like, all right, well now I know that what, what did I do there? Like, what was that theme or what was that style? What was that color? Right. And now, you know, you know what, people don't really respond well to that. And the next time when you're working on the next thing, you have that sort of feedback already. And another big thing for me was once I I started doing events and seeing people come up to my table and what did they respond the most to? Where did their eyes go first? Where did they, what did they pick up? What did they hold up? What did they take a picture of and send to somebody? That kind of real world face-to-face feedback is like, huge especially these days where everything is on your phone and digital right you never see the people that buy your stuff what does a like mean a like (laughs) means absolutely nothing nothing (laughs) i've i've actually made products because i've had people comment on something and been like oh you should do this yeah and then i had entire conversations with them about that idea and i'm like that's actually a good idea i'll do it that person never bought it yeah so it's like you can't rely on social media Mm -hmm. you you can get you can create an awareness for something and for yourself. And yeah, it feels good to see a bunch of likes on something that you made. But at the end of the day, 
It's about selling them. And, uh, and you're only going to get real feedback face to face for the most part. I'm sure that there's anomalies out there and people who can, anything they put on Instagram is going to just sell 5,000 and they'll be good. But for most people, like that, (laughs) and for most people, that's not going to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you very much for your time. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And, uh, hopefully we see some more epic product development coming soon. And, uh, If you guys haven't heard of Buffalo Made Co. or Stronghold Studio here in Buffalo, I would highly recommend if you're in the area, come by. It's currently at 110 Genesee Street. That's correct. Right downtown. So check it out. It's a pretty sweet spot. And uh, buy some stuff. Sounds good. Have a good day. Thanks, guys.